It's time for this week in wokeism on tonight's show. I know you love that. And yes, we have an Afghanistan update and we have Representative Michael Waltz on and he is upset. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. We have a bunch of stuff on Afghanistan. I'm going to get to all that here in a minute. But first, it's time for this week in wokeism. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. It's true. The man is good with the crowd. The man is good with the crowd. That's the president of the United States. Happy to see him out there again. Happy to see him revving people up. I won't necessarily say I want him to run again. I have my eyes on other candidates, but President Trump should always be applauded for taking the arrows he did take and teaching many people on the right how to go right after the left. Offense at all times. And look, this insane social justice warrior, woke, whatever you want to call it, This stuff isn't going to go away anytime soon. And one of, if not the main reasons it won't go away anytime soon, is it is firmly enshrined in America's university system. I have said it before, I will say it again, the greatest trick American communists ever, ever, ever pulled off was getting a bunch of middle-class to upper-middle-class Americans, Republicans, to send little Billy off to college and pay $100,000 to make sure the son or daughter they spent 18 years uh, raising turns into an America-hating, self-hating communist. It is the greatest trick ever. And people still do it all the time. And every time I bring this up, What's wild is I get emails, all kinds of emails to the show. Jesse, I'm so sad it happened to me. Jesse, it happened to our daughter. Jesse, it happened to our son. Jesse, I don't recognize it. Before I go into this, be very, very, very careful what you do with that 18-year-old you love. You put 18 years of work into teaching that person. And don't do this arrogant thing don't do the arrogant thing parents do. Ah, my son will never turn. Ah, my daughter knows who she is. She'll never back off. You are awfully impressionable no matter what when you're 18 away from home and surrounded by communist filth. Be very, very careful with that person you love. Moving on here. Blog did a survey on the most offensive mascots in college because everybody has to be offended by everything these days, right? Because it's, uh, being offended has become currency. Well, among the most offensive were the, I don't even know how to say that word, the Osela and Renegade for Florida State, that's the Indian dude, the Aztec Warrior for San Diego State, Pistol Pete of Oklahoma State. Wait, why Pistol Pete? It's, uh, whatever and New Mexico State. Sparky, the sun devil at Arizona State. He's a devil. It's the sun, you know what, never mind. And of course, the University of Notre Dame's leprechaun. And we always do this week in wokeism and we tell you about all the ways everything's screwed up and I'll get to that in just a moment. But I do have to point this out, as much as I dislike the school, kudos to Notre Dame. They held their ground, quote, 
Our symbols stand as a celebratory representations of a genuine Irish heritage at Notre Dame, a heritage that we regard with respect, loyalty, and affection. And you know what? I'm going to get to the greatest, the greatest leprechaun little thing you've ever seen in your life, so buckle up for a moment. But remember this, remember. None of these people have any power at all. None of them. Unless you allow them. You see, the problem isn't that we have a bunch of whiny bullies in this society now, always offended, always mad about something, always uh, hurt, my feelings are hurt, I'm triggered about something. That's not the problem. The problem is we have a society of weenies who cave all the time. Uh, my kids, my kids whine. I mean, not very much because we crack down on it in our house, but my kids will whine or complain about something. You know what they're told? Be quiet, go outside, I don't want to see your face again for an hour. You know, you don't have to respond every time somebody's offended. Your offense doesn't become an action item for me. And praise God for the first, because they let me say whatever I want, and never once, not one time, never once, have I had management call me and say, don't say that anymore, people are mad. They don't care. They let me say whatever I want. Always will. All right. Now, this is from 2006. I want you to imagine this story running today. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff and it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun. We're going to get down to the bottom of this. Yes, yeah, still on there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This water's all smells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. I just came to help out. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a back hole and uproot that tree. I want to know where to go. I don't know what's the best part that my great-great-grandfather was Irish or the sketch. Oh, gosh. All right. It's enough. Moving on. Michigan State. You want to know what's going on at Michigan State? And I want to clarify. Remember how I said the greatest trick the communists ever pulled, getting upper-class, upper-middle-class Republicans to send little Billy off to college? Do you know what it would cost you for out-of-state tuition? at Michigan State? Because we're about to do a Michigan State story. Let's say you're in Oklahoma, and Bob has always wanted to go be a Spartan. So we're going to send little Bob off to college. $39,000. I'm looking at it right here. $39,000 a year. So let's see. I went to community college. Carry the math. That's about 80. It's about $160,000 you'd spend for four years to make sure your child, son or daughter, can enjoy this. 
Michigan State is planning to require students to take two equity and inclusion courses in order to graduate. The plan also calls for the creation of all gender restrooms in all existing and future campus facilities. Of course. You see that baby girl of yours you've loved and protected and nurtured for 18 years? You now are going to spend $40,000 to make sure she gets to go to the bathroom with, uh, with dudes. How's that working? Still thinking about those trade schools yet? The tech schools yet? A lot of money in the trades. All right. In case you're wondering what all genders mean, and I, look, look, in case you're behind, I'm still catching up myself. I always thought it was male, female. Well, here's a, here's a little video for you. Hey guys, let's talk gender, specifically Libra genders. Firstly, know the difference between a static or a stable gender, one that doesn't change, and a fluid gender, one that does change. Now, Libra genders. Libra gender people feel mostly agender with a slight connection to another gender. Firstly, Libra feminine, and I do want you guys to keep in mind for the rest of the video that there is another black line down there. Feminine people feel mostly agender and slightly feminine. Describe it as feeling a strong connection to agender as, as well as a lesser connection to femininity. Libra masculine is the opposite, where someone feels mostly agender and slightly masculine. Described as having a strong connection to being genderless as well as a lesser connection to being masculine. Lastly, we have Libra fluid. Libra fluid people feel mostly agender with a slight connection to another gender that fluctuates throughout other genders. Stay with me here. They feel a strong connection to being agender and another part of their gender feels fluid. One part will always feel agender, the other part will fluctuate between masculine and feminine. Hope that could help. Libra fluid. I wonder if my truck's low on Libra fluid. Anyway, in case you're sitting there thinking to yourself, Jesse, oh, it's only universities. What's the big deal? Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't. Remember, we've talked about this a million times. Communists don't stop. Communists never in the history of communism have ever gotten to a place and looked around and said to themselves, you know, I think we're good. We're done. We've done enough. We've conquered enough. We've destroyed enough. Let's just stop here. Oh, it's coming for kindergartners. Oh, yeah. The state of Illinois, they've approved sex education classes that teach gender expression to kids from kindergarten through second grade. And look, it's not just the schools. The problem is we have so many twisted up, torn up, mixed up parents out there. I mean, here's one with the toddler. Is for? I lie. B is for? Bye. C is for? Coming out. D is for? Drag. E is for? Equality. F is for family. Uh-oh. We missed a page. G is for gay. And what was the name of this book? The Gay BCs. <laughs> you like this book? Yes. Are you a woke toddler? Yes. Can you say, I'm woke? I'm woke. <laughs> what chance does that child have? Brief. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, 
we have some Afghanistan stuff coming next. I'm sad to say the Afghanistan stuff ain't going to make you feel much better. And I have a prediction coming. I'll tell you what that is. But first and foremost, Jake's Mint Chew. Do you dip? Do you smoke? Here's what happens when you dip. And I know because I dipped for years. You get in a routine. There's undoubtedly a certain scenario where you dip every time. For me, it was after meals. Uh, even if I, when I would, all the times I tried to quit, I'd be doing okay for a few hours, and then I'd eat lunch, and that's when I'd break down and have to get one. What makes Jake's Mint Chew so great isn't just that it's tobacco-free and nicotine-free and sugar-free. It allows me to throw in that dip after a meal. I can maintain that routine without having things that are bad for me. They even have four different flavors of CBD pouches. Totally clean. Do it at your desk at work instead of that smoke break. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 10% off. We'll be back. I had a moment yesterday. I told you about it. I had a moment yesterday when I was bummed out. And I'll be honest, it's still kind of lingering there a little bit. I cannot believe, I just can't wrap my mind around America. You know, number one, superpower, America leaving our citizens behind and we're going to leave our citizens behind you've already seen it in the language we've been playing it for you all week you've already heard every american that wants to leave can leave well i mean we're not stranding anybody over there i mean we'll work it out it's look look we're gonna get out everybody who wants to go i mean we all know what's gonna happen the taliban gave us a deadline that's about 48 hours from now in case you're wondering that, well, it's going to take 48 hours for us to leave. The deadline's August 31st, but they started about a 72-hour evacuation process for military personnel yesterday. So we've got about two more days. Military will be pulling out of there. And we're going to leave Americans behind. And, Mr. Producer, please go ahead and mark this. I've got a prediction coming for you, and I am actually doing this to you to help with your mental health situation, because sometimes I know you can get down too, right? I mean, look, there's a bunch of bad news right now. Who doesn't get down now and then? There's something coming. I want you to prepare yourself for it. One, you know why we pulled out the way we did, right? Without pulling our civilians out. We've covered this on the show. Let me cover it again really quickly, because there's no love of country. There's no love of country in America's government now. Definitely not in the Democratic Party, very little in the Republican Party, none in the bureaucracies. They don't wake up every single day, any day, and say, I want to do what's best for America. They don't think in those terms because there's no love of country because they've all gone to American universities, by the way. But that's another story. Oftentimes, they hate the country. So because there's no love of country, when they decided they wanted out of Afghanistan, they decided it just based on politics. This was a political move. They decided, you know, the 20th anniversary of September 11th is coming up soon. Let's get all our people out. We'll have a big celebration. Spike the football in front of America. Look what we did after 20 years. And they didn't give a second thought to the Americans who were over there or any of that other stuff because, again, no love of country. They don't think like that. They don't think in those terms. You do. These people do not. So they yanked us out. It was a disaster, as we know. They're now trying to navigate this political minefield because Americans are furious. His, his approval numbers are in free fall. Americans are furious. So all that's leading up to what's going to happen 
and I want you to prepare yourself for this. September 11th, it's coming. It's the 20th anniversary of that awful day. I don't have to elaborate on what September 11th means to you. I want you to understand, when September 11th gets here, we are still going to have Americans, many, many, many of them trapped in Afghanistan. The Biden administration, with Americans trapped in Afghanistan, they're going to do a big celebration that day, a celebration of themselves. They're going to spike the football, look how great we are, look how wonderful we did with Americans trapped behind enemy lines. I know that's going to upset you. It's going to upset me. Maybe take the day off from social media that day. That's going to be a heavy day, and I'm telling you it's coming. And in case you're sitting there saying, Jesse, they would never do that. They're not that tone deaf. Do you not understand communists yet? Of course they're tone deaf. It's an anti-human religion of destruction and domination. They wouldn't genuinely care. I mean, understand this. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jen Psaki, Kamala Harris, Susan Rice, Ron McClain, any of them. Understand. If they woke up tomorrow morning, oh, rubbed the sleep out of their eyes, and they rolled over and saw the Taliban had slaughtered all 10,000 Americans that were left there, not even a tiny bit of any one of them would feel the slightest tug of sympathy for that person who died or their families. They're communists. Human life doesn't mean anything. Oh, they would panic, but only for political reasons. They would instantly be running the poll numbers. What should we say? Let's pull some keywords before we give our press conference today. There's no love of country. On September 11th, they're going to celebrate with Americans still stuck there, people still dying there. Get ready. And we're going to leave them there. Yesterday, the U.S. Embassy in Kabul sent out a, quote, final message to Americans wanting to leave, saying they need to leave now or they should be prepared to arrange their own departure without U.S. government assistance. Of course, the message was then recalled 30 minutes later. Uh, 30 minutes later, the government woke up and realized, oh, that'll probably pull really poorly. Let's, let's take, we take it back. We take it back. You've got time. But everyone knows what the deal is. We're pulling the military out. There's no, there's no way for them to get home once our military leaves unless another military or another charity organization gets them out. We're leaving. And we're leaving our people behind. And now we have the Daily, Daily Caller. That, you know what they're reporting? They're doubtful they're going to be able to bring home 8,000 more Americans between now and August 31st, which is the deadline. As of yesterday, and this is since July 29th, keep in mind, as of yesterday, only 3,800 Americans have been evacuated. You see, they keep touting all these numbers of all these people we've pulled out of Afghanistan. What they haven't told you yet is the number is hovering down in the low, low, low percentages of Americans. Oh, they're hauling people out of Afghanistan, no question about it. They're Afghanis. They're just loading them up and shipping them to America. Here's what Jen Psaki had to say. Our commitment continues to be to U.S. citizens. If they want to leave, we will help get them out. Uh, again, we expect there could be some, uh, but I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it further. Well, there could be some left behind. Look, if they want to leave, they're already setting up the talking points. 
They know we're going to leave Americans behind. They're simply going to go out and do what communists have always done. They're going to let, they, they're going to know you're looking at the sky and see it's blue, and they're going to come out and say the sky is green. Oh, every American there, they want to stay. And you'll have some reporters, as few as we have left in this country, they'll be saying, uh, I have the text messages. What do you mean they want to stay? I, I have a text right now from someone saying they don't want to go. And they'll say, oh, that's not true. These people don't don't care about the truth. They don't care about human life. They really honestly don't care about anything except communism. That's all they care about. They care about the relentless destruction and domination of the United States of America. And anyone and everyone can and should be sacrificed for that cause. Period. End of story. I mean, we had the President of the United States of America. The President of the United States of America the leader of the free world, if we can even still say that anymore, saying, oh, I mean, sure, hopefully the Taliban will help our people out. But the completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were, trans were transporting out and no disruptions to our operations. There's a reason his approval ratings are in free fall. And again, I want to clarify that's the only thing they care about. They don't care about the Americans. They don't care about the military. They don't care about Afghanistan. They don't care about Afghanis. They don't care about women. They don't care about anything. These people don't think like that. You do. They don't think like that. And I got to say, I did miss Donald Trump's ads. He used to put together the greatest ads that were just savage. This one's a little long. I'm going to play the whole thing. Woo, boy, he went after Joe, and this hits home. America is back. Highest inflation rate in the pain is a pump. The border is collapsing. The of COVID infections. We amplify our power. We summon the new strength. This is a recruitment Should ad. Should we be embarrassed? Diplomacy <laughs> is back. Now the Taliban are back. Kabul is not in an imminent threat environment. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. They own the whole country now, the Taliban. The Taliban are now in complete control of <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> complete chaos. How did President Biden get this so wrong? Well, first of all, the mission hasn't failed yet. If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Biden, you destroyed not Afghanistan, but the world! I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnate. <laughs> Do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility. China is ready for friendly relations with the Taliban. We have to ask the Taliban for permission for American citizens to leave. True or not true? They they are in control. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than than. Uh, uh, They're just chanting "Death to America." And you call yourself a president? General Keith Kellogg is going to join us next. Tough to watch, but a good ad. A good ad. Now, you need to be carrying. You need to be carrying. And you need to be carrying in a Northwest Retention Systems holster. And I come on here all the time and I tell you about the quality of the holster. Because, I look, I've had a lot of holsters. I've never had anything even close to this level of quality. 
and it does matter. They're all custom made. They're all custom made here in America by Americans. All this stuff matters. I probably should spend more time telling you about how cool the designs are. My holster has the join or die flags on it, the ones from the American Revolution. I'll tell you, they have this 1776 holster. I've been thinking about it. They got thin blue line holsters, Donald Trump holsters, mag carriers, belts. Go to nwretention.com for the best gear you can find. nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 10% off. We'll be back. Joining me now is General Keith Kellogg. He's got quite a resume, as you can imagine. Former National Security Advisor to Vice President Pence, former Executive Secretary and Chief of Staff to the United States National Security Council under Trump. General, first and foremost, who screwed this whole thing up? I I mean, honestly, it's it's easy to point to Joe Biden because Joe Biden is Joe Biden. And I realize he bears a lot of the responsibility. He's the commander in chief. Surely there's got to be some blame to go around for such an international embarrassment. Yeah. First of all, Jesse, thanks for having me. I do appreciate it. Look, we've been working this extraction from Afghanistan for a long time. We worked with it in the Trump campaign and we have spent a lot of time on it. But we came together with a plan over 18 months ago. We actually worked with the Taliban and with Ghani of Afghanistan at the same time. And we set a series of gates and conditions going forward. And until those conditions were met, we wouldn't withdraw troops at certain levels. The last gate we had with the Ghani government and with the Taliban under Mullah Barader, who, by the way, we got out of an Afghan uh, correction, a Pakistani jail, and the president called and got him released so we, we could negotiate with the Taliban because of his seniority from the previous days. And the last gate was intra-Afghan talks, successful talks that led to a government. All right, It was a reconciliation government. Ghani wasn't going to be part of it. But a government where they would govern side by side and, and to figure out how they were going to work this thing together on nation building between them both. And we thought there was going to be a chance that this would work. Until that happened, we were going to maintain 2,500 U.S. troops. The Allies were going to be there as well, a little over 5,000. You're going to have a huge paramilitary force supported by our CIA and air power. And we weren't going to give up Bagram Air Base either, by the way, going forward. Well, that was the plan we had. It was working well. Then the the election changed it all. And they kind of threw the plan out, just said, hey, we're going to just, just leave with with no end state uh, going forward. So, you know, it's kind of on the Biden administration. Now, look, you're asking who screwed this up. Well, the commander in chief, Joe Biden, screwed this up. And his national security team screwed uh-huh. this up. And that's the reason I've been very harsh on not only the commander in chief, but the national security team when, you know, Tony Blinken as a secretary of state, you had Jake Sullivan as national security advisor, you had uh, Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and Lloyd Austin as sec def. All of them should go. Because they have made this an absolute embarrassment to the United States of America. I mean, calling it a debacle is actually being too nice. And it really is. And it Im- impacts our credibility uh, throughout the world on, on our reliability. Do we really mean it when we say what we're going to do? And, and we've let the Taliban dictate the terms. I will tell you, Jesse, that if, if you tried to do that with President Trump, one, his reaction would be uh, unprintable. And in his reaction militarily would be unforgettable. This would not have happened. So you're you're asking the, you know a pretty good question, and that needs to be answered. And somebody needs to step back and kind of look at it and say, okay, how did we get here? 
And I can tell you, I know how we got there because I was part of it. This is the Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby, about the Americans we still have there. Is there an updated number, and do you have the sort of base number, how many have to be evacuated now? It's uh, right now today north of 4,400, um, and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have a, a specific uh, number of total uh, Americans that, uh, that uh, are still in need of, of, uh, of leaving. I don't have that. Okay, uh, General, the civilians, that's, I'll, I'll be honest, that's my first priority. That's the first thing I care about right now. We have lots of them. It doesn't seem like there's a plan to get them out. Did Trump have a plan to get them out first before we walked away? No, because, no, the answer, and I'll make it pretty simple, no, because we weren't going to be in this condition. We weren't going to be where uh, they're at right now because our plan was to maintain a military force until we had a new government in place, a government that was a combination of the Taliban and the current government sitting side by side. And this was not gonna happen because we were gonna back that up with military strength. And until that last gate was met, met then th that, that wouldn't happen. Look, when they're, what they're saying right now is incredible to me. I mean, you have to fast forward to where we're at right now, from where we talked about it with the, with the Trump administration, but I'll make it really simple. This is where you pick up the phone and you call the Taliban, you call the leader, Barada. We have his phone number. We know we met with the CIA director just, what, two days ago. And you tell him, you know, we're going to leave when we're ready to leave. And we're not going to leave when you want us to leave. We're going to make sure we've got all the Americans accounted for that want to get out. We're going to make sure we've got our interpreters in, through the SIV program out and anybody who's associated with the United States that wants to get out of there, out as well. We're not gonna leave them uh, to, to the wherewithal of the Taliban. You know, I've seen this happen before. You know, back in the Vietnam days, remember we left a, a group of people who fought with us at the mountain yards uh, in place. We never helped them leave Vietnam when, when we had the chance. So I've kind of seen this, you know, up close and personal years ago. But again, let me just close that circle, Jesse. The fact is, no, there was, we didn't plan on it being this way. We'd, we would not have allowed it to get to the condition we're at right now. And what happened to the mountain yards? Mountain yards are still there. We never got them out. And uh, they were very allied with us. And, and they were the mountain people of Vietnam. And I've seen it where you leave people behind. You don't leave people behind that have fought with you and served alongside of you going forward. That's the reason the allies are a little bit of upset with us right now. When we didn't coordinate with them, we didn't talk to the allies. And remember, it was self-admitted that President Biden did not even talk to a foreign leader until he was asked about it six days after all this began at a, net, at a press conference. And then he picks up the phone and calls Boris Johnson at 10 o'clock at night. He didn't talk to Macron of France. He didn't talk to Merkel of Germany. He did not talk to Boris Johnson as well. So, you know, it's one of those just did it on our own. That's not how we do business. Not with nations that fought and bled with us alongside of us in Afghanistan. General, I have to ask, yeah. obviously I have a million disagreements with Joe Biden. I'm on the complete opposite side politically, but all that stuff aside, you just brought up our allies. This all looks so amateurish. And whatever you can say about Joe Biden, he's not an amateur when it comes to politics. The guy's been in Washington, D.C. since George Washington was in D.C. Why does this all look so amateurish to us? Well, one, it, 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 
doesn't look amateurish. It is amateurish. I mean, I, I just, uh, they, there's no optics there. It's really what happened. And I think this is a real failure of his national security team. And that's the reason I made that comment a minute ago, Jesse, that they all need to go. His team didn't put this thing together. And I'm, I'm sure he was very clear on what he wanted to have done, and it wasn't done. So when they talk about professionalism, you didn't see it. Now, you go back. This is the same team that was the uh, Obama team when you look at national security team. The same people. Jake Sullivan was there as his national security advisor when he was the vice president. Blinken was there as well. He was the deputy national security advisor under Susan Rice. This is the same team that brought you things like Benghazi years ago. So I'm not, I don't have a lot of confidence in the professionalism uh, or the wherewithal of that whole team out there, and they should all go. And maybe that's what needs to be done. It won't happen, by the way, Jesse, because he won't do it. He won't pull the trigger on him. But no. this is a clear lack of, uh, a clear failure of his entire national security team. Oh, that's terrible. General Kellogg, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Look, the general's not the only one mad about it. We have Representative Michael Waltz coming up next, and he is steamed. And I mean, absolutely steamed. I'm looking forward to this. But first and foremost, do you have a home title? If you have a home, you have a home title. There's a misconception out there, and I'm not pointing any fingers because I had the same misconception. The home title I always thought was a piece of paper. I just thought they kept it in the bank. I'm sure it's in some dusty vault in the bank somewhere. Well, stupid me, I didn't realize they're all online now. All online. They've all been digitized. It's sitting out there online. Cyber thieves, as we speak, are combing the internet looking for home titles. It's become this lucrative cyber crime. It's wiping people out financially. They'll get your home title, they'll forge your signature on it, take one or several loans out against it, and you will have to pay it back or be evicted from your home. You might already be a victim of it and wouldn't even know it. They have a free offer right now at hometitlelock.com. Go put in your address, see if you're already a victim. It'll let you know. While you're there, sign up and protect yourself. All right, we got Representative Michael Waltz coming in next. The Taliban are going to be armed to the teeth so that when future American soldiers have to go back in to deal with the problem and deal with the incompetence of this administration, how many are going to die now? Because they're gonna have to fight their way through our own equipment, our own damn equipment to deal with Al-Qaeda 3.0? Are we going to have another Pulse nightclub? Are we going to have another San Bernardino? Are we going to have another 9-11? Because of that incompetence, that blood is and will be on Joe Biden's hands, and this Congress will hold him accountable. Thank you very much. Told you he was fired up. Joining me now, decorated combat veteran Green Beret, served in Afghanistan several times, and obviously congressman from Florida, Michael Waltz, uh, it's hard to it's hard for me to put into words how embarrassed I am at our conduct internationally, Congressman. I don't have a better way to put it. This is humiliating. Yeah, this is a, this is a disaster on multiple levels. It's a disaster from a humanitarian standpoint for the women, our Afghan allies, American citizens trapped behind enemy lines. It's a disaster uh, from a credibility standpoint. I mean, can you imagine what Taiwan or Ukraine or others are thinking uh, right now in terms of American staying power and willingness to stand with our allies? But the biggest thing, and that's what I was talking about in the clip, 
it's a disaster for the safety of everyday Americans. We are going to see Al-Qaeda 3.0. The Taliban and Al-Qaeda are married at the hip, but this time we're actually in a worse position from where we were in September 10th, 2001, because now we have no bases. Biden gave them all away. We have no local allies. Uh, they're all being hunted down as we speak. And the biggest thing is that the Taliban and Al-Qaeda are gonna be armed to the teeth with American-made night vision, sniper weapons, body armor, artillery, and heavy vehicles, uh, all funded by the American taxpayer that future American soldiers are gonna have to fight their way through to deal with this, uh, to deal with this future terrorism threat. So that's what we have just now two weeks out from the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It's outrageous, it's despicable, and this blood is gonna be on Joe Biden's hands. No, it is. It is. It's. It's. I'm like, the, the, those freaking guys have NVGs now and secure comms. I, I can't. I can't believe what we did. How did we allow that to happen? How did we allow? How do we allow so much American gear? Practically, how do we allow that into the hands of the Taliban? Did we just leave it all laying on the ground? Is it? Is it our people who weren't really our allies handing it over? Because it. It is quite a kick in the gut to watch these guys walking around with M4s. Well, look. In fairness, we handed it over to the Afghan military. Uh, and, and, and we can talk about you know, why they didn't uh, stand and fight as well as they should have. They have been fighting over the last several years. Uh, they've taken anywhere from 50 to 70,000 casualties. Uh, they have been doing the fighting on the ground, but we provided critical air support, logistic support, and intelligence support, and contractors to do their maintenance for their own aircraft. And when Biden ripped all of that away, just in a matter of a month, it pulled the rug out from under him, coupled with uh, the fact that there's this overarching narrative there that the, that America is abandoning you, Afghan army. America is really working with the Taliban uh, and that the Taliban are eventually going to win. So they had two choices, either get beheaded along with members of their family or surrender, give up their American equipment uh, and, uh, and, and maybe be able to live another day to go home. Either way, my question is, as we saw this starting to happen, we, start, we saw cities starting to fall, why didn't we take action then? Why didn't we send in our Air Force to either bomb the equipment from not falling into Taliban hands uh, anymore or bomb the Taliban to keep this from happening? But Joe Biden did nothing. He threw his hands up in the air. Uh, we, we've been begging him uh, for months to take action, and he didn't and he bears responsibility for this incompetence. Congressman, obviously you're a, a Green Beret, so that, that goes without saying, that's tip of the spear stuff. Will you explain, since you were there, what are the Taliban exactly? I mean, a lot of people throw the word around, they don't really fully understand what they are. What are they? Yeah, and they're, and, and they're asking the difference between the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, you know, all of these names that you hear. Look, these are, these are Islamic extremists, uh, they only believe in and will only govern by Sharia law, the most extreme form uh, of it. But the Taliban tend to be focused on power in Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda, uh, which is much smaller but internationally focused, will ride in their wake to set up the training camps, the plotting and planning to be able to attack America and be able to attack the United States again. And they are absolutely married at the hip. The reason we went in uh, is after September 11th, 2001, 
was because the Taliban refused to give up Osama bin Laden. They refused to turn on Al Qaeda. That same dynamic still exists today, but this time we have far fewer options. Again, we have no bases, no local allies, and they have far better uh, uh, training and equipment now that we're gonna have to fight in the future. What is the ISIS relationship there? Because I know ISIS and Al-Qaeda have gotten quite crossways several times in the past. Are they buds now? No, they're not. ISIS in Afghanistan is opposed to the Taliban, has been fighting the Taliban, and has been uh, fighting Al-Qaeda. But here's the thing. In the hinterlands of the mountains, uh, ISIS will be able to gain strength. ISIS ultimately wants to be able to attack the West again, what it calls the Great Satan. So I would not be surprised to see them strike a deal in the future uh, as a marriage of convenience uh, and, and for the Taliban to allow ISIS to turn their guns on the West. Oh, Congressman, thank you so much. And Semper Fi, I appreciate you. All right. Deo presso liber. And uh, see you soon. It is a fascinating dynamic over there. And what is so fascinating is when you, when you hear him talk about it, how, how little ground we gained because of mismanagement. I mean, we had the capability. We had the capability to do things. We just mismanaged the whole thing. It became political. It became a money-making machine. And we just somehow managed to muck this entire thing up. And look, I, I saw a video today. I was going to play it for you tonight, and I decided not. I saw a video today of the Taliban flying a Black Hawk helicopter, an American Black Hawk helicopter, that we have armed the people we spent 20 years fighting and left our civilians behind without a second thought is a... It is quite a turn of events. It is quite a turn of events. All right. Now, I have to confess something. Well, I think I've told you before. The Kellys can't sing or dance or draw we have no artistic ability whatsoever so when i saw this light in the mood i'm going to play for you next got a little jealous hang on i wish i could dance i mean look at this freaking kid what a stud That's impressive. That's seriously impressive. But look, we Kellys, we don't do artsy stuff. It's just not in our blood. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.